Welcome to the Strong Mamas Podcast. I'm your host, Rachel Petro, also known as the Strong Mama. This is the podcast for the mums and women who just want more. More for themselves, their children, their relationships, and their day-to-day lives. In this podcast, I will go deep, real, and raw on all things close to my heart and happening in my world drawing from my experience in this lifetime as a mother, business owner, and a pre- and postnatal women's coach. From solo chats to guest speakers, covering an array of topics, from fitness to nutrition, pregnancy to birth, parenting to relationships, self-development to spirituality, plus so much more. I am willing to have the uncomfortable conversations to share what needs to be said, and I won't hold back on getting to the juice of each conversation so you walk away educated and inspired every single time. My mission is to raise myself up and inspire those around me to do the same so we can all live our most fully aligned and purposeful life. Let's get strong, mamas. Welcome back to the Strong Mamas podcast. Today, this episode is a little bit different, I guess. Um, It's actually one of my favorite, which I know I've probably said before and I'll probably say again, but if there's a podcast guest that really encapsulates who I am and what I do and how I'm here to serve it's this one, this conversation we have because it's between a client of mine who I've coached twice now um, with a big gap in between, which we talk all about. Um, But, you know, I've coached hundreds and hundreds of women and I will hands down say not every single client would be willing to jump on here and talk about the depths of some of the stuff that we do and how much, you know, our coaching has changed her life and what all the things that we've transcended through, which is so far beyond the surface level stuff of like the right amount of calories she should be on and good training programs and all of that. Um, But it really just shows the depth of coaching in, in general, but how how if you are given tools, right, it's up to you how powerful that tool can actually be in how you use it and if you choose to use it. This is such a prime example because like I said, not every client is going to praise me and my coaching and what I do and all of that from the rooftops and I get it. What I can see is a common denominator of one, if they've been really actually informed of what's involved to actually get the most out of the coaching experience, if they're willing to go there within themselves, if they're willing to utilize the tools that are right in front of them that I give every single client. And so this is such a beautiful example. Um, This is just a a conversation about many things um, that my beautiful client Amber has gone through and how... Yeah, she's navigated so many areas of her life. Um, Just a trigger warning, we do talk about grief. She's lost both her parents. Um, We do mention previous eating disorders, body dysmorphia, binge eating, all of those kinds of things. Um, So just be mindful of those. If they trigger something for you, um, just really wanted to give that warning before you go in and listen to it. Um, But With that, we talk about the lessons and the gifts from those things and how she's found so much freedom in her life through being able to walk through the fires of grief and eating 
issues, I guess, whatever you want to call them, and so much more. Anyways, I'm just really waffling on now, and we're going to get straight into the episode because it is fucking amazing. Um, Amber is just the most beautiful soul. I feel grateful, eternally grateful. I call her my soul sister. I know we were meant to cross paths for reasons so beyond just coaching together. Um, She has changed my life so much and really helped me evolve into the coach that I so deeply want to be. I want to be so much more in this space than we give, you know, fitness coaches credit for. So yeah, I really, really think you're going to enjoy this um, and this conversation and so many things in here. And um, I do mention in here that Amber's um, started her own Reiki business as one of one of the things that really helped her get through grief and so many emotional blocks in her life. She's now a Reiki practitioner and she's got um, a beautiful new business. So I'll pop that below if you feel drawn to following her and being up in her world. Um, but without further ado, I love saying that, um, here is the amazing podcast between us two. Enjoy. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the podcast, my beautiful client and really friend, Amber. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I agree. So it's like welcome. client sounds strange, but friend feels more comfortable. Yeah, we'll go with that. But for, you yeah. know, context speaking. Context, Technically yes. right now and yeah, have been for a while, client. Um, but today, I guess this is a different kind of podcast because um as I do with all my clients, at some point I ask for, you know, the formal testimonial to check on the website or share on the socials just to, you know, that's also a nice opportunity for me to kind of hear what you view and and reflect and are, are proud of within yourself or value within the coaching and really, yeah, just capture the beauty of it all because it's quite easy to get like caught up in the week to week of coaching and not really, you know, pull ourselves out and remind ourselves of like how far we've come. But you actually came back to me and said, actually, instead of a testimonial, do you reckon I could jump on the podcast and we could have a chat? And I was like, yes, of course. Um, because- uh, why did I say that? Now you're I'm like, nervous shit, and I'm like, should- oh, my gosh. I should have just typed the damn thing. Um, damn testimonial. Yeah, we we roll in voice memos and um, yes. phone call check-ins. Um, and as we'll get into it, our weekly check-ins are um, the most – juiciest, glorious, heart-opening, expanding conversations um, for Always. us both. Yeah. And um, I guess it's just, this is an amazing opportunity for people to see, I guess, what my coaching can provide and, and what you can reveal and transcend through when you're given the space, um, mm-hmm. which I know you've done so much. So I guess from your point of view, we've been coaching this is our second time around because obviously I had a break um, where I wasn't offering coaching in between and so much happened for you in that time. And I guess, you know, we're going to get into everything, but just start on like, you know, um, how you got into my world those few years ago. Um, At that point in time, what were you seeking when you came for the coaching and how was that experience? And then kind of what happened in the break in between and then, yeah, the rest is history, but maybe start there. Yeah, so I have no idea how I stumbled across your Instagram. 
I would say now what I know from the spiritual world that it was handed to me or I I was guided to land there. Um, It was in 2019 and I had been for those last two years um, probably in the worst mental state that I'd ever been in in my entire life. Um, two years prior, I had lost both of my parents. I had had another, like a second son. Um, but what's really funny, reflecting all the way back is I've always had body um, dysmorphia or body challenges or body dis- dislikes from a very young age, like mm-hmm. I maybe mean six years old. So for my entire um, childhood, teenhood, adulthood, and then into motherhood, my body and my relationship to food had always had like a really high place mm. in my priority list because it was always there, it was always a burden or it was always something I wanted to change or improve. I was never satisfied. And I'm talking at the lows of lows when I had the worst disordered eating and whatever in high school through to giving birth to children. Yes, I had a new respect for my body, but still wanted it to be different. Mm. Um, Then losing my parents, that just totally shifted everything that mattered to me. My whole paradigm got what I feel shattered and then Mm. it was slowly being rebuilt. Um, Even though exercise and food had felt negative, exercise and nutrition always held a space for me for my mental health. So it was very double-sided. For me, it offered light and shade. So it was like it was like I intuitively knew it was fantastic for my mental health. And I when I would get that rush of endorphins and that yeah. hit, it would make me want more. Yeah. But I was also doing it just to lose weight as well. Mm. So it was, it never felt loving. Yeah. Um So that still played a huge part in my life when I lost my parents. Um, But I'd gotten to a point when I found you that I was so tired of trying everything. I felt like nothing worked. I felt like I was broken. Yeah. I would do programs with friends and they would have the utmost success in my eyes. Yeah. Losing weight. Yeah. And I would lose some or Mm. even a lot, but I still wasn't satisfied yeah so I think that was the main thing when you and I first spoke was oh, I thought I was broken and you were like you're mm. not I remember I actually remember the email that you sent with the inquiry of like with the added comment section and it was like a big spiel of just like I've tried everything doesn't matter nothing works I've counted my calories for a bit and it doesn't work and I could sense mm. that yeah there was just this hopelessness and this despair of like yeah. I'm at the bottom like and mm-hmm. I remember being like, and on- yes, I, I want to work with her because we need yeah, to change this. It's not true. Yes. Yeah. And adding that on top of what I believe was like um, suppressed grief. Mm, yeah. Um, I didn't know I hadn't faced it how I needed to face it like I did in the two years we hadn't really spoken. Yes. Wow. Like in that break. So yeah. when I worked with you the first time, I remember I had just left my sh- job which I could tell you so many things about um that whole time when I lost my parents but I'd landed in a job that gave me um just a place to be myself 
Mm. And that really helped when I worked with you. I had great success in that six months. I think, um, and what that success was to me at that time was losing weight. I think Mm. I lost like 12 kilos during our time together. I learned so much about nutrition. I learned so much about mindset. I learned so much about being committed and um, not not giving up when shit gets hard. Mm. You have to push through that hard shit because on the other side is the reward. The reward's yep. never before the hardship. Yeah, it's it's right um, it's right after it. Yes. And each week having our check-ins, um, people would ask me, how much are you paying? And I would tell them. And they would say, what do you get for that? And mm-hmm. I would say, well, I get somebody who cares every single week about where I'm at. We explore where did I have a roadblock? We explored what did that roadblock mean. And I'm not talking about um, surface level. I'm talking about um, I have goosebumps. Like, um, you know, if if I had a bad week for, per se, we went into like I guess the, the depths of what that bad week looked like and what does that actually mean in the grand scheme of things. Mm. Um, and, and it, it was never just, just about. The, the food, food was it? Yeah, I was no, about to say, never. that is like 5% of what we talk about because that's yes. the physical outcome, but it's like, let's go underneath what Emotional. actually happened here. Yeah, yeah, with your kids, with work, with something that popped mm-hmm. up on social media that triggered you, like anything, everything. It's like, yes. what actually happened here that affected the outcome of your results this week? At your belief system and um, your conditioning and um just having that um yes of course I was provided with my exact calories and you were helping me with my meal planning and my training and my steps and stuff like that but all of that stuff wasn't really foreign to me I was quite comfortable with all of those things I probably didn't Mm. actually need a coach to help me establish that yeah it was all of the other shit that I felt like I couldn't put a tangible label on yeah. That you helped me with that set me up. Mm. Um, which is so hard. I find difficult to articulate because um, it's the emotional stuff. It's the having someone hold a space for you for 30 minutes, 45 minutes, whatever our conversation sometimes are an hour. Um, that was just about me. Yeah. Um, you never projected back to me. Mm. Um, you still don't. Um, you would, it's kind of like, you know, how to control your energy as well. It's kind of like before you come into a call, it's like you send to you and Mm. you're like, right, I'm here for this 30 minutes for Amber. I'm going to, um, sit in that energy with her for that 30 minutes. And I never felt any of your problems or I never felt any of your, like it never felt flat. Like it was always, um, what I needed in that time. Yeah, because I know exactly how that feels on the other side too. Because I've had mm. coaches in different spaces, and it's and it's um it's not even a conscious thing I do. Honestly, um, I just know what it actually means to have space held for you, and that as a client, you're not looking for answers. You know, no. deep down, you've got them. It's like, can you just actually? It's almost like, can you be a blank journal for me where I can just dump? my thoughts like Mm, and then just kind of like piece things together or it's almost like you're drawing a maze or a puzzle piece and then it's like at the end we get to piece it all together and it's like oh yeah okay we've cleared that many epiphanies always yes yes definitely 
Um, so, yeah, our first journey together was, um, yeah, really great. Like I felt great. I was ready to like, I feel like we were both ready to kind of part ways. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I finished up with you in December 2019 and I don't think you relaunched after that, taking no. on one-on-ones. No, that would have been, um, yeah, God, that feels like a very long time ago. It yeah. does, hey. And it's all like, how close to COVID was that? That's all I literally uh, look back now and I'm like, was that a COVID time? Because that changed I, everything for me. Yes, I think we finished just before COVID started. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I deleted, oh, actually, no, I think we worked for the first lockdown together. Oh, no, maybe I still trained and did everything without you, whatever it was. Yeah, no. Um, and then I deleted social media for nearly 14 months. I just went Oh, wow. I didn't actually know that. Yes, I just removed everything. I was like, I'm done. I, um, being in lockdown, having both of the kids at home, trying to work. Um, yeah, we I was all, just yeah, like, something we all know how that feels. Yeah, yeah, just delete. And, um, yeah, that's when I started to explore my spirituality. Um, I continued with like what I thought was um, nutrition and enough movement or whatever, but it wasn't like I wasn't fixated because after we still worked together, I still had a very strong all-in or nothing mentality. Yeah, we're going to talk about this. but Yeah, yeah that's probably yeah. something I didn't overly explore then because um, I didn't care. You probably because- didn't realise too I, I wouldn't have... Yeah, it wasn't something we noticed. No, we didn't have the awareness, I don't think. Yeah. Um, because I'm not putting tickets on myself, but I feel like I'm a really hard worker. And if someone, if you give me a task, I'm always yeah. willing to high try achiever. and commit to it. Yeah, high achiever. Um, but I wouldn't always get high achiever results. Mm. And um, that used to be really, really frustrating. Because yep. it felt like it came to other people so easily. Yeah. What I've learned now and I'm still learning and I'm still in the process of moving through is that I think all of mine is emotional. Yeah. It has nothing to do with my ability or my physical strength or yeah, my ability to commit. Yeah. No, nothing. And um, I think all of that stuff is really deep and it comes from having body, um, body dysmorphia or body eight from being six years old mm, it's like, just that's a long yeah. time I'm 37 yeah, like, yeah. that's a, do I hate my body now definitely not would I still like to change it yes of course I feel like I could improve yeah but I don't look at myself in the mirror and feel hate ever yeah which is but I used to yeah I was gonna say very different and it ta- it sounds very easy to just not choose that anymore but when it's been yeah. a narrative for as long as you can remember, if it's been mm-hmm. imprinted in you, it's like the amount of awareness and work that has to go cellularly to kind of undo that. But then it's also, we yes. can get so caught up into, oh, I'll never be able to change. It's been so long. This is just who I am. There's also a point where we've had many points where it's like, you need to adapt a new identity. And for mm-hmm. that to happen, you need to choose new narratives. That's it. Because if you yes. keep going back, you're going to get stuck in what's back there. It's like yep. the way to move forward is to honor perhaps the way that you used to do things or the way that you used to think about things. But it's like, at what point do you just actually go, I'm going to choose differently. I'm going to believe in something differently. I'm going to rewrite a story, whether I fully believe it or not, 
you will eventually end up yes integrating it um and I guess forgiving yourself as well because as you mm. grow and learn you you can only do better when you know better and yeah. as a six-year-old I didn't know that hating my body would turn out to be this yeah yeah like yeah. and um yeah like you just are this little kid like and then you you grow up and society and um peers are not kind yeah so reconfirms beliefs yeah yeah like bullying was probably worse when we were younger um Mm. because it it wasn't yeah and it wasn't um like there was no school programming around bullying there was no actually to be honest I feel like most of the teachers would have been somewhat bloody bullies as well like there's definitely better better awareness these days and then um I think I had that that belief system that I was broken because if it felt like the only time in my whole life when I'd been able to successfully lose weight was when I was basically not eating Mm, and lying to everyone around me at Mm. uh, 15 between 15 and 17 years old I think I lost like 20 kilos um by not eating and exercising and it took 12 months for my friends and family to notice I wasn't eating approximately. Yeah. I was very good at trickery. So I would, um, I remember one day I just woke up and a family friend had offered my family like an exercise bike. Yeah. And I said to my mum, I'll, I'll have it. And I had this huge bedroom at the time. Um, my best friend lived with us for three-ish years during high school and we shared a room and I was like it will fit in our room mum's like look if you want it have it like because at the time I was pretty overweight pretty miserable um and that was like some this is where I believe you know how we listen to that podcast about the guy that walked across um was it Alaska yeah um, Antarctica Antarctica yep um Colin O'Brady. I truly believe I went into some type of, because I would exercise for like an hour a day and I would eat one apple and dinner. That's, I only ate dinner because my whole family for my whole life from being a toddler, we would eat as a family at the table. Yeah. So you're like, I need to show up for this That was the meal I could show up for and not, and not be questioned. Yeah. And that worked for a year. Yeah. Interesting. Through my whole schooling, I'm learning of eating one apple a day. How? I don't think I learned much. I didn't do very good at school. (laughs) I wasn't listening. Um, Yeah, you would not have had any energy to absorb anything. Yeah. But it's like I sat in that that place where I could still show up, go to school, function, come home and exercise. And then eat dinner, and I, I still felt like a, a fat person mm, in a size, yeah, or in a in a forty seven kilo body mm, as a teenage so girl. Yeah. So that was like um, that stayed with me right through. Like I then like got caught out, had an intervention, lied, said I'll do better, didn't do better was very easy um to trick people. Yeah. Um I never I never um I don't even know what I had per se, but I never um made myself sick or um 
I never actually, then I, I lost my period and my mm-hmm. hair started to fall out. My poor mum, mm-hmm. she would take me to the doctor and she would take me to the naturopath and all inside my head I'm like, well, I don't eat. <laughs> yeah, so you like unless you're going <laughs> to shove a tube down me, it's. Yeah, and they're mm. like, oh, we're trying to find what's going on. Um, like, mm. and in my head I'm like, I know what's going on. But yeah, wow. I did all of that just to be skinny. And then when I was skinny, I still didn't feel good feel enough. Yeah, it's because the methods. I still felt ugly. I still yeah. felt uncomfortable. I still, for the first time in my life, I was wearing a bikini and I st- I, it didn't make me feel anything. I was just like, okay, well, that's just my new norm. I, I got used to my new body, but I still didn't love it. Mm, that's so bloody interesting because it just goes to show that like intention has to be right from the get-go. And also mm. if, if, if we can't sustain something for the rest of our life, it's always this short term, like there's, there's an end. Mm-hmm. And we also, we don't get to actually embody a new identity and integrate things like little milestones along the way where it becomes a new normal and we see three, see things through different lenses. Whereas like mm-hmm. the method that you had, it's just like it bypassed it every, yeah, bypassed yeah. every spiritual, mental, emotional mm-hmm. experience that's required to sustain and maintain results. Yes. And it also left like, a tainted experience in your yes. mind and your body, your physical body, your energetic yeah. body. So it's mm-hmm. like now, no wonder when you go to do that again, even all these years later, even with a better coach and a better strategy, it's like if yeah. that is a previous experience when you're committed to changing your body, then it's like your body is literally going to go into like Fear, I guess a or defensive like, mode of yeah. like, I don't want to be here again. So how can we fuck this up? And then this yes. is when self-sabotage, self-sabotage comes up. All these big emotions. It's like this fear response of mm-hmm. like, we don't want to do this again. But it takes immense awareness and um, yet yeah, awareness. It just takes immense yeah. awareness to be like, okay, my body is going to assume this is going to be a similar experience to what I've had in the past and this is where a coach is great because sometimes you'll you'll forget that or you're not sure like which part of your brain in your right now and you'll have all these familiar stories come back of like this isn't sustainable it's not good for me or you you start getting sick oh my body's not functioning on these calories I'm too restricted my health's deteriorating like all all of these things come up yeah see like dieting is hard for me Uh, my body's not like designed for this this is easy for everyone else all the things Mm -hmm. that have come up even this time around um which like thank you so much for sharing that I know um not everybody's had some sort of you know even clinical eating disorder or whatever but I I just can I just feel that most people have had some warped maybe still most people still yeah. do have some warped relationship like, yeah with, not even unhealthy yeah. but just doesn't feel good in their way that they relate to food their body exercise um i mm-hmm. think so many people could relate to parts of that so thank you for sharing that and i guess in the space so you know that first round we you lost 12 kilos which yeah by the way so funny when you 
were like, I just can't lose any weight. 12 kilos in six months is actually yeah, huge. A lot. Like, yeah. And, and it also goes to percentage of body weight as well. So 12 kilos can be different for someone that has of you know, course. 20, 30 kilos yeah. to lose whereas someone else. But for you and the percentage of the body weight, 12 kilos was a lot. And yeah. um, anyone who's done coaching with me that sticks it out knows that my methods are not something that's ridiculous that you're not enjoying your life. No. I mean, depends how you take it because if you still believe that you're restricted, then maybe you yeah, look at it like that. Go. But True. I know I know practically it's the most sustainable way that anyone can to lose weight, you have to be in some sort of restriction, but it doesn't need to be yeah. strict. There's a fine line with that. Um, but I guess, okay, so you lost the 12 kilos. Um, we're going to go into this all or nothing thing. But in the sort of two-year gap that we had between coaching, mm-hmm. um, you know, it, we have to really honestly acknowledge that it was a crazy time in the world. There was, you know, COVID and mm-hmm. didn't matter where you were in the world, everyone could feel it. That's that's a lot for anyone to take. So I guess what were the habits that you had then? and um, in terms of practicality, weight, like training, like everything kind of, where did you, I guess, end back up when, before you reached out to me, when I started coaching again this year? So those couple of years, um, I, it's very hard, it's hard to remember exact, but, um, I think I still maintain some type of movement and, um, like focusing on nutrition, but I certainly wasn't losing weight. Um, I think it took me a good, I think I probably stuck with where we landed for a good 12 months, Yeah, but I was not, um, my nervous system was absolutely fried. Yeah, I was having panic attacks, Mm -hmm. um, which I know are definitely grief-related, but the pressure I was putting on my nervous system being in deficit and training six times yeah. a week and, yeah. um, and, and being, obsessed, grief. Yeah. being obsessed over um, am I ticking all the boxes every day, um, mm, Yeah, that, that pressure and that um, it got to a point where um, I – couldn't suppress my grief anymore I thought I had processed it successfully with a psychologist over an 18 month period but I was just being so triggered and I was finding myself um coming back to crying more and yearning for my parents more and we were starting to make really big life decisions we um sold our house on like the 23rd of December 2020 yeah it went on the market and sold in four hours and I wasn't even really ready I don't think to sell it and the next minute's not yours anymore yeah yeah and then they wanted to move in in like 19 days and then we had to find a rental and anyway all of those things are things that people face every day but I'd already I already had a stack of fucked up emotions up to here your capacity was was already more and more and more so Again, classic Amber, um, get into the mode, numb it out. Um, you're go harder. Strong, yes. Put it down, go harder. The busier mm. you are, the less you have to look at it. And mm. Jared, my husband, was working a job at the time which was basically sucking the soul out of him. Um, yep. He was away from the home from like 6 a.m. till 7 p.m. every single night. It wasn't the fact that he wasn't there. It was the fact that what I could see the the job was doing to him yeah. was really hard to watch. But 
um, that was his journey. So you just have to sit back and, um, yeah, so, again, stuck with it through living in that rental, kind of got a treadmill because I had no time to get to the gym. So yeah. I, I ran. I ran for most of that year, just 5Ks, maybe um, five times a week. Um yeah stopped counting calories because I had no capacity for it in my mind at all yeah. um tried things like hello fresh like just trying to lighten my load because yeah I had scored a brand new job that same year that we this pretty much the day we sold our house I had a new job offer like two days before can I just say they um, they are massive things like you feel like it's not but it's moving homes and getting a new job Yep. Like they're two of the things that envelop your entire world. So yes. like you spend majority of the time at your job if you work full time. You live and in your you home. Know. And it's like to yes. have familiarity taken from you in mm. two areas. <laughs> no wonder. I like no the yeah. right strategy at that time for you would have been to just survive and yes. do not add any more external pressure, which counting calories and all those things can be. So it's really yeah. important. Especially to when you're like all that. or nothing. Yes, and when you have unprocessed, and I mean, we all do. I'm never saying you're going to have a clean slate, but you do have to honor where you're at in your life, both yes. practically, spiritually, emotionally, and like make a decision of like, do I actually have the capacity to hold this Correct. rather yep. than to say, oh, it doesn't work or it's too much? It's like maybe it was just too much then, or you you, you didn't yes. have enough space for it. So I really wanted to add that in there. So yep, definitely. yeah, keep going. You've um, you got a new job. Yeah, so then the new job was fantastic, such a better um, better uh, role for me at that point in my life. The job that I left, it was very, very hard because they had given me a chance after my parents had died. Um, I was at the lowest of lows and they took me into their family business and um, it was such a beautiful job for those two years that I was there. I learned so much, but this next offer that I'd received was um, just something that my soul needed next. I yeah. I kept um, asking my mum and dad for a sign, should I take the job? And it would just rain and rain has a significant attachment to them. So I was like, okay. Um, So, yeah, maintained running and stuff. But then, um, again, I just was kind of sitting at this point in my body where I was like, look, I'm, I'm not what I feel great, but I'm certainly not uncomfortable. Yeah. So... I was just kind of like the running's working. It's getting me moving. I'm feeling that hit of I've achieved something for me because a big part of exercise has always been I've always um, associated exercise with like self-care to me. Yeah. Um, Which I'm starting to kind of assess, is it really truly what you feel is self-care or is it just mm, something it's like you like a green tick of approval, yeah. 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 Um, and then our, we were building our house. Then our house got built. We moved into our new house. And I think it was about, was it February or March? Yeah. Yeah. No, when I put my coaching up again. Yeah. Or it would have been, it was after I came back from when I was away, which was May. So it was like May, June. Okay. Well, yeah, I think I saw you launch I'm Back and I felt like, well, holy hell, I'm in my house now. My kids are settled. Jared had scored a brand new job the January before we moved into our new house. So he went from working outside of the house to full-time inside the house. 
Mm, so I was like, I'm going to have huge help now. I can yes. do this. Yes. And then I think I reached out to you and we had both, I think we spoke for so long. <laughs> I basically said to you, clearly scarred. <laughs> I do not want to count calories. <laughs> yeah. I do not want to track anything. I just want to move and and start feeling my body again because during that two-year period, I had lost my hunger. It was so sh- – not my hunger, sorry, my um, food desire. I mm, never I knew what I wanted I to eat. I remember you saying this to me, like, it doesn't matter what I eat. I'm not satisfied. I just – nothing feels good anymore. Like, you just lost that um, sense of fulfillment was, anywhere. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah. And everything I would cook, I'd be like, mm, tastes all right. But Yeah, which is like the shittest way to live personally. And then it did um, trigger old binge eating habits. Yeah, yeah, because you just like I've, it's never been anything. extreme for me, but it's it's been there. Like, yeah, um, I would much rather when I'm in that space than eat my nutritious dinner. I would rather yeah. just have chocolate. Yeah, oh, that's so just like mind, mindless eating. Yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. So then we resigned. Um, and I think the first three months that we were together was just about me readjusting to and asking the questions, what are you afraid of with mm. counting calories? Like you've taught me that there's freedom within control. So that was like a huge um, break through the roof kind of moment for me because I always felt that control meant um, restriction and um, non-flexibility and Sorry. Sneeze. Um, Yeah, so you taught me about that. And then just reintroducing me back into steps and and training and reminding me that I actually do love it. I think I blamed a lot of my nervous system problems or I didn't even Mm. know it was nervous system problems at the time on eating and training. Yeah, and I don't have the energy to train. Mm. I don't have the energy to track. This is a burden. Yeah, there's all the things that you're saying to me, and um, it was such a good. It was a really interesting experience for me as well because I know a lot of coaches out there don't feel like they can coach someone if they're not following a calorie macro figure and giving some sort of data. Do you know what I mean? Okay, I never thought of that like that. It's like, you're not using any of my skills, so what am I doing here? And I was like, no, because I need to honour where you're at. (laughs) Yeah, where I was like, I got this. And I knew, I knew because I have gone through so many phases in my life where following a calorie macro figure didn't feel right um, Mm. for whatever reason, mentally, practically, nervous system-wise, whatever. Like I've gone through the phases and there's a trade-off with that. So you don't get any data, but it's also like, what is the goal there? And it's like, you can get in touch with intuition. You can get like, how Mm -hmm. are you going to act and behave when there's no perimeters? So like, I knew we could learn a lot. And I knew that you felt sorry for the old calories and macros because I felt like you hated them Yeah, when they, they're just doing what they're doing. They just have their role there. And it's like, we need to figure out what the relationship here is. So that was my goal of like, okay, I'm not going to, I will never make you do anything that you don't want to do. The choice is always yours. You ask me for a strategy from A to B, I'll give you a few, few different roads to get there. The most certain one is 
I mean, the end goal for fat loss is to be in a calorie deficit. Like I could say that over and over again, but to achieve a calorie deficit does not have to be done by tracking calories and macros, but it's the fastest, sure as hell way, quickest way to get there. And it can be done with freedom and flexibility and like you said which I didn't believe yeah so that's why I was like there's a missing point here the perspective is different the stories are different and it was really interesting because we'd you knew what my coaching involved so I was like okay something's imprinted in that period Mm -hmm. whether it was what you were actually doing the space in between I don't know something's happened here where we need to figure out what's underneath here unpick it rewrite some stories kind of you know present you with some um, new beliefs or questions, reflections where you came to yourself like, yeah, actually, no, I don't know why I'm so resistant. And Mm. it was funny because not long after you were like, yeah, I'm ready to track again. Yes. There she is. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yes, definitely. But I had to let you come there. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a perfect segue into it. I think what you said to me was I've never not moved my body without matching some sort of calorie restriction like I've done always paired the two together and so our goal was where I'm like okay we're not counting calories we're also just focusing on I want you to tune in and actually ask yourself what do I feel right now Mm -hmm. obviously you know you can't forget that you know protein's great for muscle building and fat loss whatever you know fats are good for hormonal health carbs great for energy like you can't forget all that stuff but like tune in when you're eating stop and actually don't eat in front of your computer like all the things where I'm like let's bring some mindfulness back to it so you've got some Mm -hmm. sort of sensation cook things that excite you like give yourself that opportunity to find a love through food again knowing that like weight loss is not a goal right now we're just looking for fulfillment and let's start moving simply to move so let's go for a daily walk great it's going to get your steps up but we're not doing it for the steps we're doing it for for the movement yeah which for you is like you always say it's like I don't bring a phone I don't bring headphones it's my meditation it's that's Mm -hmm. and I was like I remember you saying to me I don't know how I ever stopped doing this and I'm like okay because we've released the string or the bind between I only move my body when I'm trying to lose weight or, yeah. you know, when I feel shit about myself and we got you training, you know, three times a week, just super simple, easing into it, just consistency again of like no strings attached. We're not dieting right now. Yeah. Are you still going to train? Do you feel bad if you miss a session? Like again, rewriting yeah. all those stories. Then you got to a point where you're like, okay, I feel like I've actually set habits with no intention, no strings attached. Yeah. I can see myself. I remember you saying to me, I don't ever see a reason that I wouldn't wouldn't do this anymore yeah yeah um yeah that it's true it's so true because for my entire life um dieting was um the wife or the husband to exercise and they didn't go anywhere without each other they didn't such a beautiful example yeah they didn't go anywhere without each other and if one was having a rest so would the other Mm, yeah. Um, and then, yeah, I guess, yeah, I, I just didn't realize how much I had that all or nothing mentality. And I'm not even just talking about exercise and dieting. That is like who I am to my core. And I have learned in the last six months that that is no way to live. Wow. It, so there's neat. no, it, it like you can rest and be productive 
you mm. can sometimes rest is the most productive thing you can do yeah <clears throat> whereas <clears throat> sorry I my entire life have associated rest with being lazy yeah so when our family got this so this year <laughs> we've had like a pretty rough year of um started with COVID the whole family then um my son got gastro then my son got food poisoning then the whole family got influenza A. <gasps> then my son got gastro again. Oh, then God, my yeah, son got RSV. Then my yeah. other son got croup. Then my other son got gastro again five times. Oh, my God. So yeah, there's I been so you. many yeah. periods yeah. in this year where mostly COVID and influenza, I got both of those and um, I somehow numbed the fuck out of it and kept going wow influenza a knocked our family over for like 21 days and my husband kept saying to me how the fuck are you functioning and I'm like I don't know I don't don't know know. somehow don't ask me just (laughs) I'm not like and that's that's been my entire coping mechanism my whole life yeah and it wasn't until I've learned about energy and reiki and uh, breath work and meditation that every time I did that, I fried my nervous system a little bit more, Mm. a little bit more, a little bit more. And I feel like getting this pre-melanoma on my leg was like, you know what, you haven't listened all year. I'm actually going to physically stop you now. Mm. You're not learning the lesson that you're meant to be learning. So let's actually like basically tie your legs together so you can't move. <laughs> let's fuck you up. Yep. <laughs> and that was, you know, so such a hard pill for me to swallow because I still five weeks ago, six weeks ago, was sitting in that all or nothing. We were trying to move away from it. I was making baby steps. You you, were so, you would come back to it. I'm like, Amber, here we are again. Yes. And I remember um, you'll have... You know, most calls, there'll be some tears because I'm like, here it is. The belief is being yeah. shifted. Let it out yep. of where I'm like, it's like you're trying to be attached to an old identity and you so, you find so much safety and warmth. And, and comfort. In just yep. leaving those stories. And I know even like tracking daily scale weights has been, you know, it can be yeah. such a big trigger for people because you become obsessed. You're looking at the yep. data and you're like, it's not dropping. It's not dropping. It's not working. We're not working. Yep. It's not working. And every week I'm like, just because the scales don't say it doesn't mean it's not yes. working. It's one form of, of progress. How do you close yep. feel? Have you taken your photos? Are you taking your photos properly? Like yep. all the things where it's like, you're stop looking for evidence to confirm your beliefs. And that is what your brain is doing. Yeah. And that was a huge thing that you said to me as well. Um, when you weigh yourself upon waking, how is that what shows up? How is that going to impact your actions for the rest of the day? Yes, very interesting to observe. Like, yeah. What do you let that change? Because I know and I will own, I would weigh myself. And if it was not what I felt satisfactory based on whatever fucking scale I had in my head, which isn't even real or valid, um, are you still going to go for a walk, which you love? are you still going to train because you're committed to it? Are you still going to track and follow what you had intended to follow the day before when you loved the number? Yes. So you've really taught huge. me to detach from that and to know that, like, who do you want to be in that moment? 
how do you want to show up in that moment um, and the moments after that. Mm. Many times I've weighed myself in the last six months and said, because the two years that I didn't see you or talk to you or anything, I didn't weigh myself once. Yep. I didn't want to know. I, mm. I couldn't bear it. Yeah. Um, and then in the last probably, I don't know, couple of months, I've really learned that when I step on there, there's so many things that can contribute to what that is going to show up Yeah. that I just have to keep choosing to be that person I want to be regardless of what that number mm. is. I have goosebumps. And that's huge. It's so hard. It's hard. Some days are so hard. Like if you're due for your period and it's like 1.5 kilos more than it was two days ago, you're like, are you serious? Yeah. And if you've like, if it's taken you like three months to lose two kilos, it's like. (gasps) Yes. But you still have to love yourself through that. And like you said, who do you want to be in that moment? Yeah. Where does that. Where does that create your actions moving forward? Yeah. And it's like, and I remember you saying like on the days where it would have a significant drop and it's like, yes, today is great. I'm I feel so train great. Harder. I'm going to be yeah. better. It's like finding a neutral energy of where I'm like, I'm not saying don't get excited, but I'm also saying watch how you respond and behave and how you. Don't let that be your driver. Behave. Yeah. So like it can't be the only reason you keep moving forward. Yes. Because. If we all, if in area, any area of our life, if we're only doing it to see positive feedback, then that's all we're going to do it for. It's like, okay, yeah. that's a byproduct, but we, it can't be the driver. So, yeah, definitely. Like, for you to like, it's one thing for me to say that, but if you don't actually choose to yes listen to what I'm you can say to me who do you want to be but I could say to you I don't know pissed off not gonna do it yeah yeah and you know you to doubt what I've given you you to doubt your body like you have to like it takes a lot to actually choose and to forget about it yeah so like and also to not um I don't I don't think I've ever been that person to come to you and say um what you have given me isn't working. Mm. I think we've definitely had conversations around what's what what am I what's what am I hitting here? Like what is that roadblock here? But I've never once blamed you. Yeah. Um or questioned your ability. That just kind of came to me then, which I find is really fascinating because um I guess that's the awareness and the learning that I have around you can't project onto someone else. You have to own it. Mm. You have which- to own your own shit. A lot of people and, don't have, and I will say that I know clients have pointed the finger back at me and it's easy to do. It's so easy to do that. Like correct. I get it, but it well, also. Well, we do it in other areas of our life, right? Yeah. If you have an yeah. argument with someone that it's is really just a mirror to you, yeah. you want to blame them. Yeah, it's just um, a safety mechanism. And I know yeah. that, which is why I, I 90% don't take it personally. There's still the little yeah. wounded child oh, in me that's like, what? This yeah. is not me. What? But, yeah. yeah. But it, it, it's been easier to, to see and observe and just understand. So when I see someone like you that doesn't, um, it just makes our whole relationship and the whole coaching tenfold because we're, yeah. we both have full accountability and it's like, let's stop Agree. focusing on surface level shit. Like we need to figure out what's underneath. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, every <laughs> time we talk, we're like, Hey, how are you? Down the bottom of the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> We're going deep. And then I'm like, anyway, so like at the end of the, the conversation, I'm like, new training programs uploaded, PS. Yeah. Like- <laughs> yeah. Because I guess um, 
when I speak to you, I'm not coming to you to say, help me train. I know I have to do it. I have everything in the app. I have every tool at my fingertips. I have 15 gyms around me. Yes, people struggle maybe to find time. And it just brings me to, I remember um, when after both of my children, I still cared about exercise. Yes, a big part of it, I cared about it to lose weight, but a big part of it I cared about to help me survive, like Mm. all that hardship. Like it gives you such a clear mind. And I've never come to you and said, can you come over and like put me on the treadmill? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, but a lot of people. You have to be willing to do that yourself. That, a lot of people that, are still stuck there, yeah. Yeah, and that's a shame because it's, uh, I don't know, I, I guess that's their lessons and that's their journey. That's and, where they are, yeah. Um, I've I've been there. I've been there. Like yes, sometimes definitely. I look back and I'm like, God, when I first got into fitness, it was because I hated myself and it was about calories mm. and it was about like the more you feel like you're going to die, the more like better it is the better results you're gonna get like oh god some of the trainers that I had and like I have been that person and if I had found a coach like the coach I am today at that moment I was not open and I was not ready to receive that I would have still blamed them I would have gone this is fucking restrictive I remember even reading about I remember reading like a banana has this many calories and carbs and I was like fuck that what is you not going to eat a banana again and then like now I'm just like okay like just take the information and fucking do what you want with it like do what you want with it that's the key that is like I remember having a coach before I got married I would have been 20 say 24 25 I was on a thousand calories a day and I was working out like a mental case I was one of his fittest clients he would run three-hour fitness programs on a Saturday and I would be able to keep up with the men like I was fit and but I was also during that time after I remember taking a photo I got a pair of triangle swimmers delivered to work and I remember taking a photo in the work um bathroom toilet thing and, mate, I was tiny, like ridiculously tiny. And I remember sending it to my friend and saying, how can I go to Bali with this body? Oh like how disgusting is that? Yeah. We like, just, yeah, yeah. Whereas I was like probably as lean as I was when I left high school. Yeah. It's because you're still seeing things through the same it's like, you know, you, if you've got rose-coloured glasses on, you're just going to always see red. It's like you're still seeing the I'm same I'm still shit. stuck. Like yeah. even after like through leaving school and being obsessed with the exercise bike, coming into um, adulthood, clubbing, drinking, drugs, whatever, I would run 10 kilometres a day on our local gym treadmill five days a week, sometimes six. I was obsessed. I had a friend who was also obsessed. We would do it together. We did that for like easier. two years. Yeah. It, because we were obsessed with our body, but it's, yeah, I wouldn't eat still. I didn't live at home. I would pick, I would go to work in the morning and drink an ice break, maybe eat lunch and then maybe have like a shake or something for dinner. Like it was, but I lived that from 15 to say 25 long, yeah and it's like of, see I don't even I this is the first time I'm hearing of all this stuff where yeah that's right like there's so sense. many things that play into today um 
And then obviously getting married and trying to have a baby, still on low calories, still training like a mental case and wondering why it took like 11 months or something yeah. like that. Yeah, just, yeah. Um, it's so interesting. And then because... falling pregnant and putting on 30 kilos because yeah. all or nothing. I was about to say there is always an end. There is always an end to something that isn't sustainable. And Correct. it usually ends up compounding, like you said, double time the other way, yeah. which is why like, oh, it makes me think like, yes, there is a place for me in this world because there's people still probably doing yes, the shit that you just definitely, said. And definitely. that leaves such a psychological and physiological imprint as well. So like the yeah. science of fat loss is like, you know, the the more like the quicker you lose weight, um, and how much weight you lose, you are more likely to regain. And then also the amount of weight that you re- you regain, you create new fat cells and you never, mm. um, you can never get rid of fat cells. They only shrink. Yes. And when you've been really overweight, you are right. always more susceptible because yeah. you've got existing fat cells. So every and time you diet, yeah, when you diet and you regain more and you diet and you regain more, you're literally like your body is like, fuck yeah, more fat cells. And it just wants to take you back to safety, which for them is more energy. So it's yeah. like not knowing these things, which fuck, I didn't know until I became a coach. And yeah. like, people still spend their whole life never knowing this stuff. But when I learned that, I was like, holy fuck fuck, that makes so much sense. And I can see now, and it makes sense why even though we lost 12 kilos in the first six months, we've done some of the same similar strategies this time. Weight loss hasn't been as quick because it's like every time that we diet and regain, we like lengthen that window the next time because our body is incredibly intelligent at being like, Mm -hmm. I cannot recreate the same experience and end up in a restricted state. And it's not to say that every time you diet, you're never going to maintain it, but it takes like, you know, ideally we should have been coaching throughout that period, but it's also like you had life in a way, your nervous is like, it is what it is. You can't look back and say like, oh, I stuffed it. It's like, no. Also, where are you right now? And where do you want to be? Forget about whatever the fuck just happened. Take full accountability. And what can we do differently now moving forward? And I think that we've unpicked so many beliefs that like you said all or nothing and the husband and wife training and nutrition like that that was like an underlying foundation we've removed that now so it's like that's already going to change your life and things are already going to be different and maybe if it's slower this time does it matter if it it is well and truly like the last time you see yourself doing a significant diet yeah, that's right. And it was proven with my leg. You said to me, okay, let's go into maintenance. And I was like, oh, fuck off. I remember actually, yeah, it was like. Go into maintenance were... when I can't move. Like, are you off your brain? But like, it's you most... have to be joking. Yeah. Prior to this, like, you were having a few weeks where you're like, the average weight is not dropping. Dropping, like, yep. You know, I just like, I, I don't know what stressed. to do. Should I like, like, should I drop my calories and yeah. I was like oh, no because no. I know you're in a deficit and there's been movement that's all we need to focus on but yeah. I was also having this feeling where I'm like there's a shift coming here because she's she's still trying to grasp onto this is hard mm-hmm. I need to drive harder and the body is like mm-mm, mm-mm, not showing yeah. you what you want to see mm-mm. So you found the pre-melanoma on the back of your leg. You had to get it removed, which you thought was going to be like a quick little sort of day. Tiny little Two days, can't walk, fine, whatever. (laughs) Turned out to be a lot longer that you couldn't even walk, let alone train. And then your holidays got shifted, like so much where I'm like, 
girl, universe is yeah. saying to you, it is have a break time. <laughs> so we, there's the goal went from, okay, weight loss is not our goal right now. It's maintenance and it's you and healing the time that you would normally get your steps up. Yeah. Yep. Which can be a lot of increments throughout the day. And I'm like, your soul's calling you. Go and yes. do an extra meditation. So Go and true. work on your new Reiki business. Like, yep. Go and do something else that you would normally do at that time so that there's still a time um, gap there so that you can yep. return back to it when you want to. But Which was so, so um, life-changing advice because mm. if you had never said that to me, I would have fallen into chores or work yeah, yeah, filling the space with I would shit have that filled really that time like that. with shit that just numbed me out. Um, so you giving me that gift was so amazing because I really did fill that time with other things. And the yeah. lessons that I've learned in the last four weeks have been um truly like pivotal. Like yeah. what I've learned about myself and how I'm always running at this. Like you said, like you said in one of your videos, if I'm not achieving something, I don't know what the fuck to do with myself. Mm. And that resonated with me so much at that exact moment where it's changed my whole family life. It's changed my relationship with Jared because Jared and the children prioritize rest and I don't. That was yeah. very obvious, very evident. And because I don't, I project onto them a feeling of that it's not right mm. or that they're doing something that's um, that should be frowned upon. Yeah, it's like lazy and then, or, yeah. Correct. And then my energy of go, 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 go projects onto them, ah, oh, do I need to be more like her? Yeah, do well, I she's, need to up yeah, the bar? she's so much better than us and, yeah. Yes, so to bring that into harmony has just been so magnificent for me, for them. For like, the whole family unit, yeah. I would never go for a solo swim in the pool and say to the kids, you can't come in. Yeah. But I have, yeah. and they've been like, okay, we'll go play. And I've had the whole pool to myself just. Yeah. It's like, I yeah. had to get to know me like, and be like, who are, who, what, how did I survive for so many years? in that space and it was amplified when my parents died like yeah yeah because I it's like know. that control you just when we're in that space it's like control keeps us safe and I feel like Correct. a lot of children would have adapt, had adapted to that like I'm exactly the same which is probably why we're a great match really relate yeah. and I've had to shift this the different element in my family as well and I'm still I still come back to it when I'm not same perfect. I'm, I'm not like, perfect. Well, here I am again but and it's, it's a fresh it's fresh. We're still learning. We're still like, learning. But it's it's nice to kind of have a like have words to it and to see the effect of like when I actually really and it's it's stepping into our feminine. That's probably the yes, easiest way to put it. It is. And for you, having a very male dominant house, if you are yeah. taking all the masculine energy, you know, I'm not taking it, mate. I I had it locked in a <laughs> it's in a safe, yeah. and I was like. <laughs> nobody touched it like, and it's it's I'm just from boss. polarity yeah like from a polarity yeah. point of view it's like they have no choice but to go more into their feminine which is rest yes so like you can see it's like no actually you need to kind of I'm that give them yes. that yeah it's like and it's not you are always the one responsible but no, polarity but 
will do what it needs to do. Yeah. So if there is one role more dominant than the other, the other just has to lessen for its it for the sake of it. So it makes sense. And I've had to really call myself out on that. And it's hard because as women, we don't want to dampen the high achiever, the go getter, like and who, no. who we are. And it's 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 a fine line between attaching your worthiness to productivity which yep. I know is a big thing where we're like, who, who yeah. are you when you're not doing shit? Not doing. Shit mm-hmm. And ticking shit off, which is so and aesthetically pleasing in my app as well, in my coaching app of like, yes, done, tick calories Yes, done, tick agree. Stuff. Yeah, like oh. it's very easy to be, to attach your worthiness to that, to see the scales going down and being like, boom, 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 getting all that fucking worthiness. But it's like, yep. who are you and how do you view yourself when none of that is there? Correct. And that's a hard it's a, it's you have to widen that lens big time like it is yeah. like wow um and that whole all of that high drive high achiever masculine energy that is where my nervous system was just it was showing up in panic attacks mm. so my panic attacks would only arrive when i was super still and quiet wow it is so no wonder why like stopping felt scary yeah and in those moments it would be say like 8 30 at night nine o'clock at night just sat down on the couch everything was done I could finally just be and then I would get this hot wave through my body and I would know I'm I'm gone for the next six hours my panic attacks I literally feel like I leave my body yeah I can't really talk I can't be talked to I become like a zombie I have really bad physical reactions through like vomiting, sometimes diarrhea. I can't breathe. I don't feel like I'm going to die, but I'm dreading something. I have this huge amount of dread and I can't attach it to anything. Yeah. So I have definitely mostly in the last four weeks been shown that all of those things that I thought were redundant, are actually going to make me a better person and they're going to relief relieve me of that that rush like relieve me of that sitting in that high adrenaline and in that um uh, go 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 state and showing me like I didn't exercise or track properly for four weeks and I lost weight I remember you were like um I just stepped on the scales. I'm like, I fucking knew this would happen. I'm telling you, you were energetically holding I trusted it and I just, yeah. And I've never done that before. And it excites me to know now that, yes, I'm in diet, um, but when I move into maintenance or whatever, it's going to be okay. Like, yeah. And this is where you get to see this. Have you actually enveloped a new lifestyle? Like, have you actually integrated a way of moving, eating, in your subconscious. And so this is where I get to see when I say to someone, you're on maintenance, track if you want to, train if you want to, whatever, what are you going to do? And how does your body respond? And it's like, I can tell, even if you don't have any data to give back to me, but if you step on those scales or you, you can see it or feel it in yourself. Or do measurements or something. Yeah. Like I'm like, you've, you've, you've actually made a lifestyle shift and a physical, mental, emotional, spiritual shift because when no one's, Watching, watching you, or yeah, no one's keeping you to anything. There's no goalpost. Yeah. What What do you do? How do you yep. eat? How do you move? That's and right. I could tell even by and you it know, was evident being on holidays and yeah, I could do whatever the 
whatever I wanted for that entire time. Yeah. But I still chose to walk. Like obviously my leg um, has capacity to walk now, which is great and um, whatever, but um, I could still walk and I could still choose foods that I would normally choose. I found myself gravitating towards those choices anyway, not because yeah. I was worried about losing weight or putting on weight, just, just because I just knew what I needed. Yeah. yeah. Like and um, even Jared, my husband, has said to me, because I said to him, I feel, um, and I express this to you, I feel fraudulent coming on the podcast. I feel a bit inferior because I don't have this great weight loss story to share. You and do. I'm get emotional. And he said to me, yeah, but you changed so much. Oh, it's beautiful. Um, he said, who you have become is such a different person and surely that's got to be worth more than, yeah. Oh, that's making me teary too. Yeah, um, so it's, it's true. Just releasing that, releasing that, um, that criticism on yourself as well and like learning that I've been through so much as a person and as a woman and as a mother and, um, as a child and as a teenager, like all of those things. And um, when you lose people that you love, your whole paradigm shifts and what becomes important changes. And even at the end of the day, of course, I still, if I receive the byproduct being weight loss, I will be ecstatic. But for me, moving my body and eating well and teaching my children this is what really matters because Moving my body doesn't just make me lose weight. It makes me feel like a different person. It gives me a, a space to release energy. It gives me a space to be alone. It gives me a space to um, feel a, a rush of endorphins. And when I run, I feel strong. Like all of those things now have just kind of floated up to the surface and become the priority, mm. which it was I, never before. Yeah. I have goosebumps head to toe and just... I'm lost for words, which is rare for me, but like everything you just said is actually what people are desiring. And the fact you use the exact words that if the weight loss comes as a byproduct of that, great, but it was actually not what I was seeking in the first place. And to come to that point is, is huge. And most people are still so caught up in that number. And like you said, you've seen it over and over again now. I get there, but everything feels the same. And it's like because we haven't actually identified where it is that you want to change, where it is that you want to feel free. And we think it's in a number and partly it can be, but it also cannot be if you haven't addressed everything else. It has to come with the shift. And so for me to know that you have changed that way um, and I know it's not even – because of me, because all it is, is I'm just giving you a space for you to figure your own shit out. But that in itself is, is, I guess, the value in having a coach or just having a friend. I hate. Agree. I I honestly think that you do deserve credit because it is because of you, because you've taught me so much because I've been willing to learn as well. So it's a a partnership. It's It's been a two way road. Um, You've delivered me some hard truth. Yeah. And I'm I'm grateful that you knew that I could receive it. Yeah. Um, 
does it feel hard at the time? Yes, of course it does. But I'm very willing to sit with that. And generally I'll text you a day later or two days later and say, look, that really landed. This is what's shown up. Yeah, and or it will usually <laughs> be Yeah, it'll usually be what you wanted to land or to be, but yeah. it's um willing to have those conversations and but that but the receiver or the person who has engaged with you has to be willing to go there. Yeah. Um I didn't hire you to fix me. I hired you to guide me um, and that you have done and more, like definitely and more. Like the friendship that we've created, all of that aside, if I was talking transactionally about coach to, I don't know, what do you call me? Client, yeah. Client. Um, what I have gained may not be able to be ticked off in the app or may not be able to be shown on a chart. Yeah. But. What I have gained, I feel like I can then share with people in my community, yeah, my friends, my sisters, is that um, it's so much more than just what you weigh and what you look yeah. like. There's, and you know this, you're about body, spirit, mind, soul. Like you, yeah. you encompass all of those things. And I also was on that same journey. So it's just been like this beautiful recipe for like, juiciness and growth and mm. um discovery and uncovering and peeling back all the layers and I'm I'm nearly 38 years old like I don't want to continue in my life in that control masculine yeah not enjoying my life mode you've taught me that I can live and be happy and free but I can still achieve what I want to achieve yeah which is so interesting because um the fitness space is very masculine driven because it's about doing shit and getting shit and done getting and seeing done. results. And it is, it is very masculine space to be in. And I've and very I've competitive. Obs- yeah. Very and, competitive. And I've observed a lot of online trainers and coaches and competitors and, you know, they're in all figure shows and stuff like that. The extreme version of, I guess it, but I've really over the last four years and, and being in this space and this is why I've dipped in and out of one-on-one coaching because I'm like I don't know if I want to be a leader in this space anymore I don't really advocate what it's for but me coming back into it was like a reclamation of like no 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 hold on there is some masculine yeah there's some masculine elements of like the shit that needs to be done the shit that works but it's also like there's a big gap that coaches are not talking about in terms of the emotional stuff the spiritual stuff like where the science can't track it you can't go and look at a study for this shit where a lot of coaches hide behind of like the studies so x y and z protein's really good for this blah 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 we get that yeah but it's like this spiritual and emotional stuff of these blocks and the imprinting. And I'm like, this stuff matters. And I didn't get it as a client, but Mm -hmm. I'm like, man, this needs to be talked about. I had to go and seek it elsewhere in other coaches where I'm like, no, this is actually who I am. And I'm putting this into my work, whether you like it or not, Mm -hmm. because for sustainable. I have goosebumps through my whole body because I totally agree with that. Like the science is there. Like, but I'm a very good example of even when I follow the science beautifully, it yeah. doesn't always work. No, and like, it's like I knew, which sounds until so I silly. let go. Yeah, I but know. I was like, you're energetically holding on to shit, and I know yes. that sounds so silly, but I could well, feel to some it. people it does, but it's actually real. Like, yeah, I was like, there's some, there's a block here, and it's like, and it's also your belief systems at play of where it's like looking for evidence to prove to you. And I'm like, if you stop right now at this moment, you are literally going to stay the same and you're not going to be able to prove to yourself that 
there's somewhere after this, there's a transcend mm. wanting to, and it's just like, that's where, you know, your leg, the surgery came up and all of that. And then yeah. I knew, I knew I'm like, I bet when she steps on those scales, there's going to be a drop and you're going to be like, but I haven't been. And I did not want to trust you. you I did like, not oh, want to. I'm going to put on all the weight that we yeah. just spent so long losing. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, how do you know that? I was like, that's correct. The truth the big and you're like, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I just. And I was like, how do you actually I think know I know. Yeah, yeah, you were like. Control. I, I don't know. And I was I like, okay, yeah. well, we haven't crossed that bridge yet. So you're going to do this strategy. I we're mean, well, try and... I didn't say you have to, but I'm no, like, this but is what said, I would recommend. I'd... And you were yeah. like, okay. And I was like, you know, don't you try and diet when you can't me. move. Yeah. You reminded me that I just had a big part of my leg cut out. My body needs to recover. I yes. have to care for my body. If I want my body to show up and be a certain way, but not mm. care for it through love and meditation Fuel and breath work and, and energy self-care from and, the calories, yeah. yeah. How can I expect like I have my entire life? It's like I've hired my body and said, you need to do this, this, You're this. You're overworked this, this, and this. underpaid. Yep. Correct. A hundred percent in all yeah. ways. And really the only time I've ever nurtured it is during breastfeeding. Yeah, like where when I've there's really... an external yeah being calling you to uh, that. But again, yeah. you need to show up. You need to breastfeed. You need to perform. Like, yeah, yeah. There's still a reward there. Yeah, there was yeah. still like a yeah. So you showed me that. Um, okay, let's just take care of this vessel for a few weeks. Let's just let it rest. Yeah, and my my leg has healed incredibly. Like I have not had a single problem with so it good. at all. So Beautiful good. scar all connected, no no scabbing, like just beautiful, Um, can cross my legs now, like all the great things that I should be able to do because I let it happen when it was meant to because I let go, I trusted, Mm. I rested. Yeah, it's just been a huge lesson in the last like six weeks. Yeah, which is, you know, shit that we could have never planned for, but it's like, yeah, again, another beautiful reminder of like, okay, well, these are the – circumstances that you're presented with how you're going to who will you be who you're going to be how you're going to yeah. act behave what are the choices yeah. you're going to make yeah. and what are you going to make this mean and what are you going to project how being like yeah. oh I'm taking a step back are you though what but if you just are you? five steps forward which is actually what happened so well, yeah yeah definitely it's really interesting um I feel like we could chat for another fucking two hours I know I agree we, we yes. both have families waiting families for us to tend to um, but honestly fuck this has been one of my most favorite podcasts hand down because I just every so many things that you've brought up I'm literally just like thinking holy fuck someone is going to hear this and it's going to change their whole world and I, I just want to say it's not for me um I was willing to invest the money in in this relationship and in this like area because a I had a a hand up because I'd already done it before so I knew how you would show up and your commitment and um I I knew what the boundaries looked like and all of those things so I kind of had a bit of a you know bit of an idea insight um and then when I spoke to Jared he's like do it if that's something that means to you like you know I quit my gym membership and you know made some adjustments and um signed up with you and I never once have ever questioned the value Mm, ever thank you never anytime I've needed something from you whether it be emotional 
um, like um, from a knowledge perspective, um, whether I needed you to be flexible with me because I couldn't show up for the call or we've always been able to make it work. And I think it's because mutually we've respected mm-hmm. each other, we've understood the boundaries. I knew what the expectations were of you. I knew what you expected of me. Um, and we got all of that in our clarity call. Like that yeah. was, we really uncovered all of that straight away. Yeah. Um, in our clarity call, I was nervous. I was like, I'm doing this again. Yeah. But I wasn't nervous about you. I was nervous. Can I show up? Yeah. Cause you That's know, where it's I like, got, am I willing I knew to what be it a took. different person? Yeah. But, um, like I said previously, every time we've conversated, you've never projected onto me. It's always been about me. Yes. You've shared resonations with me, but not never been about you and yeah. I think that's really huge and I've often commended you and said show up for all these people <laughs> back to back and hold energy for every single one because like, you've never come into a call and I felt oh wow she's still in the carrying call someone else's yeah 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 so I think that's really important for people to know that um if they think that it's an investment that might sting you have to really think about um, where else would you be willing to spend that money though? Like my mm. leg surgery cost me like over $600, nearly nearly $1,400 at the end. Wow. And I, I was pissed. And Jared said to me, why are you pissed off? And I said, yeah, I need to really give myself a reality check because I wouldn't hesitate to spend that on clothes mm. or shoes or yeah. a bag. Like I wouldn't. Yeah. But on my leg to sa- to actually save my life. Yeah. I was a bit like, hmm, that's annoying. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, you get faced with like, what do, do you value? value? Yeah, value. Yeah. What yeah. do you value? Yeah. And I think um, it's much more than calories and macros and training. It's about motherhood and womanhood and friendship mm. and um, emotional, spiritual, all of those things that you don't really promote. Yeah, it's, it's hard to. Yeah, it's hard to say what it is, but I know the people that feel it are, yes. called, are called to it. Yes. Yeah. And and yeah. that's also saying to people, trust your intuition. If you mm. land on there and you feel something, just explore it because yeah. it could be something that changes your life. Like, And, again, yeah. I think I'm maybe the advocate for um, not this huge transformation photo. Yes, I have transformed, but it's, Something you can't capture put, yeah. in a photo, yeah. yeah. Which yeah. is oh. what lots of women are looking for. Yeah, Things so true. Are changing, like, and it's like it's not all about. I remember you saying like, "Oh, you know, I don't want to do a testimony. It's like I, I don't have anything to show for it." And then I know you came yes. back to me and said, "Actually," and I'm like, "Yeah," because you know you do have something even yeah. better to show for it. Which, um, like you know, the weight loss is there. It's yeah. just not this huge. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It actually yeah. doesn't matter. Those results photos do not matter if that person has not changed from the inside out. Um, you know, not everybody experiences that. So it's about having both ideally. Um, yes. but thank you so much. This was just no, thank fucking you. so glorious. We'll have to do, a, um, we'll have to do another one up the I'll end take of two. The next. Yeah. yeah. No, we will. We will. Um, yeah. but I, yeah, we could chat so more, so much more, but I just want to say thank you so much. Um, I know we haven't spoken about it, but I know you've just got a little side hustle of a Reiki business. I'm going to pop all your details below. Um, oh, thank you. Could have check you out and go and follow her because as you can see. So many changes. The wisdom that you've been able to absorb and I know will transcend through your work in the world um, and, you know, your journey with Reiki and everything as well. Um, I'm definitely going to put all those um, 
info in the show notes as well just to share with thank you that's about so you lovely. and your heart and soul um and yeah just thank you so bloody much for going there like you always do no that's all right thank you for always being there and um yeah it's such an I hope I hope lots of other people when they listen to this think I want to feel that yeah I really do because yeah. it can be felt and um the partnership is real and um the support is real and yeah I will advocate for you for a long time um and I, I haven't promoted it overly on my social media but that's about me yeah you know yeah. about not having the results that I think people you know that I can't tangible say yeah to see I yeah. need to articulate it into words so no this, is way, get right this is way better way yeah better. there you we go to go and listen to it <laughs> go and listen all and right you, that's you, it you can see it in your face and in who you are so that's that's way more important agree no thank you thank you for having me and yeah we'll have to do a, a take two and go into all the other things <laughs> sounds good thank you <laughs> thank you see ya <laughs>